Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Full of Joy podcast today. I have an amazing guest on today, my friend Sarah. I was just talking about Sarah over on my Instagram stories. She sent me this super cute sweatshirt that says main character. It's so adorable. If you missed it, I think I saved it to my highlights. But anyways, let's get into today's guest. And it is copywriting expert and founder of Between the Lines Copy, Sarah Noel. Sarah is a launch copywriter for creative entrepreneurs specializing in what she calls sales-focused storytelling, really high converting storytelling. And one of the major lessons that I've learned on social media is the importance of storytelling and sharing your story and how to share it and what that looks like. So Sarah works with modern business owners and course creators to write high converting websites, sales pages, email sequences, and more. So I know a lot of us listening here And a lot of the people in my community are people that are wanting to launch things and writing their own website. So this is going to be so valuable to you. So in today's episode, Sarah and I chat about how she started her business in quarantine, actually, and then how it grew to what it became today. Sarah's story is so inspirational, and she is dedicated to sharing her knowledge with all of us. You're going to love this episode. Grab a pen and paper and let's get into it. So yeah, if you're comfortable, I wouldn't mind like hearing your story and how you got started and um, take us through the whole journey. So I'm a very long story long type of person. So <laughs> to keep it short, you just let me know if I'm talking too much. So my husband and I met while we were working at a hotel on a vacation town um, on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. I'd been going there my entire life. He'd been, you know, he'd visited there before and he was going to school for hospitality. Me, I just wanted to work at a hotel for fun because I knew that if I didn't get to live there during that one summer, I would have to wait till I was like 75 and could afford a beach house. So I just decided why not? Like I didn't go to college for anything hospitality related. I just figured I know this summer vacation spot and I can be a concierge. So I just shot my shot. I got the job and we met there and our relationship escalated quickly. And um, fast forward a couple months, I was pregnant and my husband lived in Canada. My now husband, obviously, we weren't married at this time. So he's from Canada. I'm from Massachusetts. That was an international uh, long distance relationship that we never imagined was going to progress in that way. So we were, it was a very like love at first sight. He said, I love you after five days. Um, and like, was, we were both very sure, but it was like star-crossed lover type of thing. We were like, oh, we'll never see each other again. You live in a different country. And then like, God was like, good try. You guys are meant to be together. Here's a baby. So we were like, oh, great. Here we go. So fast forward again, he moves to Boston. He worked in Boston for a year while I was also working, um, in Massachusetts there. And then the job that I had at that time was very unfulfilling. It was the most toxic environment. It was just not for me at all. I was a legal secretary at a big law firm. And I had done that for about five years. I'd worked on and off in different law firms. And I thought I wanted to go to law school. That was like always my plan, always what I imagined I would do. Um, until I realized how miserable most of the attorneys I worked for are. And they would work, you know, 13 hour days on a Sunday and I would, they would come in and give me their like timesheets to record. And I would see them billing all those hours, which if they're billing those hours, that means they were working even more than that. And these are people that had three kids and a family and a summer home. Like, what are you doing? So I was like, absolutely not. No interest in working a job like that, um, where your job is more important than anything in the entire world. And I love my job now, but my family is more important than that. My free time is more important than that. You have to, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
So anyways, all these people were empty cups, crushed cups, crushed in the trash can cups. And I didn't want to be like that. So anyways, I quit that job to go on vacation actually with my husband's family. My mother-in-law invited us to go to Bali with the whole family. Um, And in Canada, they have way more vacation time (laughs) than I had. I had none. I didn't get any time left after my maternity leave. I had two weeks of that paid. Everything else I had to take from my own sick leave time. So I was like, I hate this anyway. I'm going to go on vacation. So we go on vacation. I was like, I'll find a job when I get back. I'm not worried about it. And then I was staying at home. I still have a baby at this time. I'm staying at home with him for maybe two months around March. I'm like, all right, I got back in January. So now it's March. I'm like, okay, well, I should probably do something. And then coronavirus. (laughs) So never mind about that. I was like, all right, well, it's a pandemic. Nobody works anyway. Like I'll just be out here (laughs) being a mom still. So then my husband who was still working at um, the hotel in Boston at this time, he got laid off because of course nobody's staying in hotels. He was a restaurant manager. Nobody's eating out. Everything's closed. So then we were like, okay, we actually have no reason to still be in Massachusetts right now. Like he's a huge family man and all of his family is here. And I just have my two parents and then my friends, but my friends even are scattered around the state. They don't live, you know, next door. Um, And he really wanted to with his family. So he started looking for jobs in Canada where he is from. He grew up here and he only, the only time he'd ever lived apart from Canada was that year in Boston. So he got a job here and I was like, well, I'm not going to sit, you know, at home doing nothing. I really got to do something now. And all that is to say, this is how I got to the point where I started between the lines copywriting the business that I now operate full-time support my family with. I looked on LinkedIn and typed in remote jobs and found absolutely nothing, nothing even close to something that I would want to do or even could do. Um, so I went to college and I graduated with three bachelor's degrees in political science, sociology, and criminal justice with minors in philosophy and paralegal studies. So girl, <laughs> sounds like a lot. Your girl was a nerd. Um, but that wasn't going to get me anywhere. Like any of those majors, what was I doing with literally any of that besides law school? So I found that I was like, all right, what do I want to do? I got to ask myself, what is the real plan here? Like, what will I actually be happy doing? So then I was like, "Mm, this was kind of scary, but I'm just going to look up writing and see what comes up. Like, I didn't know what kind of writing, I didn't know what that would get me because at the time I was just thinking of writing as like creative writing. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to find a job in that, but I'm good at that. I would want to do that. Let's just see what happens. So from there, I kept seeing the term copywriter everywhere copywriter, 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 tons of jobs open. And I was like, what the hell is that? (laughs) I don't know what that is. So then I Googled literally what is copywriting. And then I read the description and I was like, wait a second, I've been doing that in every professional position that I've had, even as a secretary, even as the concierge at a hotel, I was doing it in all these positions. Um, So then I was like, why am I not one of those? And I started to look up, you know, free copywriting resources. And then from there, now, that was a, um, a year and a month ago. So 13 months ago, that was, there were 13 months ago was when I started my business. This search was probably, let's say, 15 months ago, to be generous. So 15 months ago, I was Googling what is copywriting. And now I am happily working full time, owning my own copywriting business um, with a couple of employees. And my husband doesn't have to work anymore. So that is the wild story of how between the lines ha- or the backstory of how between the lines happened. 
Yeah, girl. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Thank you. That is amazing. Yeah. It's so cool to hear too. Like, I feel like even on myself, like I feel a lot of pressure to figure everything out, like to figure it out right now, like before, before anything, like before I buy a house or before you start a family or whatever it is, like there's so much pressure, whether it's on yourself or societal to figure your shit out. So it's so cool that literally you are just like following the ebbs and flows and literally look how it worked out for you. That's amazing. And I'm a big, like, I love freebies. Like I love doing everyone's webinars, like just like you. So it's so funny that now you create the freebies. Now you are the one teaching other people. Um, so can you talk a little bit about like how you trained yourself in that skill? Like you didn't go to school for that. Like that was just something you naturally did. Like, how did you train yourself? Absolutely. So this is actually one of my favorite things to talk about, and I don't get the opportunity to talk about it enough. So when I first, let's start from that, what is copywriting Google search, right? So I Googled it and I was like, oh, I've been doing that. I just didn't know that's what this was. So for backstory, copywriting or writing copy, copy specifically is any, any words that are helping you sell something. So like a product description or the words on your website or the words on the back of the cereal box or anything that is going to influence your decision to purchase and help you support that call to action and make a purchase. So if you're buying an online course, that big long page that tells you everything that's included, it's called the sales page, that's copy. Like I said, anything on your website, that's copy. Even sometimes a caption on Instagram can technically be copy if the intent is to sell. So that's what copywriting is, just in case anybody out there listening needed a refresher or wasn't exactly sure, like me, <laughs> to go make your own, what is copywriting search? So from that search, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I want to be good at this. And I'm a very, like, I have to be good at it right away or I'm not down <laughs> to do it. And that's not necessarily a quality that I like about myself at all, but I'm being real with you and anybody listening to this. That's how I am. Like I quit soccer when I was six years old because I couldn't handle it <laughs> myself here because I want to be good at this. So then I started looking up free copywriting resources. I was looking on YouTube. I was just searching Google. I was looking on Pinterest. And I came across someone's, you know, long sales page for a course that talked about getting certified in copywriting. And I think the course was like $5,000 or something crazy. And I was reading through this big, long sales page, just thinking to myself, there's no way, there is no way I'm about to pay $5,000 for a certification in copywriting. So then I went back to Google. Do you have to be certified in copywriting was my next search. And all those, all the answers were no, there's no such thing. You don't have to be quote unquote certified in copywriting. Like this person's sales page was acting as if it was like a dietitian program, like something that you really need a certification in. And I really rubbed me the wrong way that this person was targeting new aspiring copywriters and making them think that they had to pay this five grand for this one course. And the way that he was selling was so sleazy and so off-putting to me that I was like, absolutely not. I'm teaching myself everything for free. I don't care what it is. I'm not paying for it. So that's when I really went into free resource mode. I watched every YouTube video. I read every personal blog post. Um, And then another strategy that I had, which I recommend to anybody hoping to learn a new skill is using your old email, like your old spam email or making a new email and then going to anybody who does what you do's website or resource or Instagram or whatever and downloading all of that free stuff, all of those lead magnets, all of those freebies, take them, use that as information because people have some really valuable free content that they're willing to share and that they give away in exchange for your email because they want you on your email list, Mm -hmm. um, which 
on your business, but that's a, that's a conversation for another day. So that's what I did. And then the people that I found with those lead magnets who are really helpful in that way, I would reach out to them and I would ask, Hey, I'm an aspiring copywriter. I would really love to do what you do one day. Like, and then I would pick one specific question. So they would kind of have no choice, but to answer. Cause if you just say, do you have any advice for me? Like if I got that email right now, I'm, I'm busy. Like I, of course I would answer, but it might not be the most helpful advice to you. It would be something maybe surface level. Cause I ha don't have the time to think about, Hmm, what's my most valuable advice and like spend a bunch of time responding to a stranger. But if somebody emailed me and said, can you please tell me where you first learned? And I would say, yeah, sure. I loved this YouTube channel and this person's blog and this, like I would know right away the answer to that. So I would ask specific questions like, where do you get inspiration when you're writing website copy or stuff like that? Like very clear questions that I've, they couldn't really avoid. So a lot of people helped me out in that way. Um, and then after that, I just learned by doing. I just learned by trying it and starting out and seeing what could happen. Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like you really like honed in on your confidence, like to be able to just like cold reach out to people like that. Like that's huge. Like, oh my gosh, I would be nervous doing that. And then even more confidence when like you just decided you didn't need to be certified. Cause that's something that I also struggle with where I want to be a coach. And there are so many programs and so many credentials and so many courses you could do, but you don't need it to get started. Um, not that I don't want them, but you don't need it. So it's just so cool that you gave yourself permission to just start and learn. And now, I mean, I view you as an absolute expert. Um, of course. Yeah, you truly are. So I think I was just downloading your freebie from Flowdesk. Yeah. And I saw, I think it was there that you said like, you have 11 seconds to captivate a reader. Literally, how is that possible? <laughs> Like, what's your strategy for that? Some people say it's even five seconds, seven seconds. 11 is even being generous. So think about when you're online shopping, right? And you go on someone's website or you go on a brand's website and you don't find what you're looking for or it's confusing or you don't like the imagery or you've read something that was off-putting to you or you read something that made it think made you think that it wasn't for you, X out. Like you do not spend your extra time hoping that this website is going to be for you because as the consumer, you don't care. You want to be convinced. So it's the brand's job and the business job or the entrepreneur's job, whoever's job that owns the website to convince you automatically. So if you were looking for a copywriter, for example, and you went on my website and you were you know, about to launch something and you identify as a creative and you want to sell stuff, but you don't want it to be so salesy and you want it to be more story-based, and you read my headline that says the creative launch copywriter, your narrative needs. And then it says, you know, help connect with your audience through sales focused storytelling. You'd be like, oh, this is exactly. <laughs> but if I just said like, hi, I'm Sarah, you'd be like, okay. And like, I can't, yes. first, I don't need to know your name right away. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do to optimize those 11 seconds or seven seconds or five seconds, depending on who you ask. Um, and knowing how to write a good homepage is the number one step in that. And which is why the homepage how-to freebie you were downloading <laughs> exists. <laughs> yeah, I will link that freebie in the show notes as well. But also um, you mentioned how you were um, almost like targeted from your pain points of wanting to be certified. And that's okay. So that's something that I wanted to ask about because I feel like there is like a sales strategy with copy to focus on people's pain points. 
But I feel like there's also a really big, you know, opportunity to focus on people's strengths, which I think you're good at, like you were saying. Um, so is there a way to use both in like a healthy, nice way? Or like, do you really focus on one? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's such a good question. I'm surprised I've never been asked this before. Um, I love the comment you made about playing on people's strengths because that's exactly what it is. This person, this, I don't even know whose sales page it was. I couldn't even find it now if I tried that that um, certification copywriting thing for five grand. He was only playing on weaknesses. He was like, like it felt to me that he was like, haha, these aspiring copywriters don't know. They don't need to be certified. I'm going to tell them they need to be certified and then they're going to have to pay $5,000. It felt very like, I'm going to get them. You know what I mean? I'm going to yeah. trick them wanting this. And when you're playing on somebody's strengths, you're giving them an opportunity to improve by being supportive. So if we're just talking about, you know, a course launch or a program launch that you're working on or something like that, I would talk about what they're good at and then how you can help them either monetize that or develop that or support them in growing towards a goal that they have. Um, and focusing on both their pain point and their strength in a positive way is what's going to help you sound more human and less like sleazy car salesman. Because when you're writing copy, a lot of people tend to like get tripped up on if you're feeling frustrated and sad and blah, blah. And, and we do do that. Like you'll probably catch me writing something of, to that effect, but we need to tell them how we can help them and how we're the solution. So we don't need to just point out everything that's wrong. We need to tell them how we can make it right. So mm -hmm. you can do that, like I said, by, or like we both said, by focusing on their strengths there and saying like, you already have this. Now all you need is like this one more step or something like that, something to mm -hmm. make and like you get yes it. not like you're kicking them when they're down but like you want to help lift them up yeah you see them like at their potential that's really interesting what a beautiful mindset you have about it so I want to ask I feel like it, it's hard for me individually to like figure out my story and hone in on my message and what I want to share so like what do you need from clients to be able to figure out their story and how you're going to help them write that like how, does everyone have an interesting story or like do you just make it interesting? <laughs> Everybody has a unique story. And the unique is a word I usually try to avoid as a copywriter. Cause it's like one of those like amazing, great, like we're <laughs> use that word, but in this situation, it's the best one. So, I mean, interesting is subjective, right? Like I personally think every person's story is interesting because I'm interested in people's lives. Like I'm interested in what they find worth sharing to me. So the way that I sort of get to know their story is when I start to work with somebody they I fill or I fill out, I send them a questionnaire to fill out and I ask them questions about both their business and themselves as a person. And then we have a kickoff call and I sort of go over that questionnaire with them. And I ask like, what feels important to share to you? And then what's something totally random that they wouldn't expect to know about you at all that makes you human. Like I had a person recently in my DMs um, say to me that she asks clients what their favorite dad joke is. And I was like, that is such a good one. I'm going to add that to my questionnaire right now. Um, but I ask random questions like that. Like if you can't have cake on your birthday, what would you have instead? Like stuff like that, that they, that just gets them thinking, um, or what's your toxic trait or what's something that nobody knows about you that you're like kind of embarrassed to share, but you feel like somebody else in the world might relate stuff. Like I ask them questions that they're not expecting on a typical, like, tell me about yourself type of form. Um, yes. I just try to prompt them. And then when we're talking, a lot of the way that I will 
sort of like get their story out is just having a conversation with them and seeing how their face lights up when they start talking about a certain element of their business or when I ask them how they got started or how they named their brand um, then they start to like inadvertently tell me that backstory but when I'm writing about somebody on a website on their about page, it's really more about the customer than the actual person. So I'm trying to tell that that person's story so the customer can relate to it. So everything we think about, like if you're listening to this and you're thinking of, I hate writing about myself, like writing about myself is so hard. I don't even have a website because I can't write my about page. If you think about it, what does my ideal client want to know about me? What do I want them to get from this page? Like, who would I love to work with? And why do I want to work with them? Are they funny? Like, do they love, I don't know, Taylor Swift as much as I do? Like, something like that. Um, that's the information that you need to share. Whatever you think your ideal client or your ideal customer is going to be like, oh my God, yes, I have to work with this person. Like, they're the same as me. Or I really get along with somebody. Yeah. yeah. So then to back up, how do you identify that stuff? Like, they want yeah. <laughs> they're copywriting. It sounds easy, right? So writing a website sounds like, oh, you'll just, you know, write what you do, tell about yourself a little bit. But then when you think about like, I almost said the science, but like, I guess I'll use that term, the science behind it all or the strategy behind it all. You have to think peel back the onion a bit and think about, okay, but who's looking at this website? Who do I want to be looking at this website? Who do I want to work with? So the questions that I would ask somebody with, if we were working together to develop that ideal client or ideal client avatar, as most people in marketing call it, uh, which is just like a fictional character that you create based on, you know, who you would actually really love to work with and what their characteristics are, what their behaviors are, their demographics and things like that. Um, I would just have I would honestly start with like a brain dump journal moment about it and ask yourself okay if I could work with anyone in the world any ideal client in the entire world who would it be what industry are they in like can they how much of my services can they afford you know what's their background what's their business like for me if I'm talking about my ideal client it's somebody who needs my help developing their brand's message it's somebody who um, needs website copy and they're probably a female entrepreneur like me doing something really cool, something different than uh, the average, you know, freelancer does. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to limit myself, but something, somebody doing something cool and different with like an edgy attitude, who's not afraid to be like really direct and loves to just share about themselves in a way that that's never been done before. And then maybe is, you know, launching a course down the line and needs my help with that. So I would start there and then think about the personal details that you might share and go from there and think about who you would want to be friends with almost, but in a business sense. So when you are copywriting, like with um, like a tagline, like a one liner, like what needs to be in that? Like, do you follow a formula for like what each person needs or is it different for everybody? Honestly, if I'm being real with you right now, taglines are the hardest thing to write because taglines specifically are obviously short. Like we know Nike, just do it, stuff like that. Like everybody wants like that bomb tagline that sounds really good, but your tagline doesn't actually have to be as descriptive as like just do it has nothing to do with like leisure apparel and sneakers you know what I mean it's more of the vibe that your brand wants to give across or that your brand wants to put out into the world 
and capturing a vibe without making it too complicated is difficult. I would say there's no like formula to writing a tagline. Usually what I'll do is I will do everything else first. Like I'll develop their mission statement, the core values, like the brand bios. Um, I'll do a competitive analysis and see what their competitors do and what brands that they're aligned with do. And I'll develop literally every other element of their brand messaging before I go back to the tagline. And then I try to just simplify it. And a lot of times I'll work with, you know, what their brand name is. Um, like for example, I'm working with somebody right now who has the word sunrise in their, um, business name. And I would love the tagline to have the word like shine somewhere. It's a social media. Yeah. So I would love that to, you know, something to do with that. I worked with a client called the wine party recently, and we developed a tagline for her. And the tagline is seasonally, naturally, effortlessly enjoy. And those, uh, they like all interchangeably, like when you're see it on the website, they all move. You know what I mean? Like enjoy is, it stays there. And then all those three words like rotate, um, because it's a natural biodynamic and organic online wine shop. So, and she was, people about how to educate themselves about wine without it being like stuffy and wine snobby like she she with her wines sends a what's called a saver guide and with that it's like tasting notes and how to enjoy it and what to pair it with and why you like it and what's in it so you can like be informed when you go to a restaurant the next time and you're ordering you know the bottle for your friends you don't have to look stupid when you're like I'm gonna get um, a Moscato because you don't know anything else so we called it seasonally because she seasonally curates the wine subscription box um, naturally because it's natural, organic, and biodynamic, and then effortless because you effortlessly are educated about wine with those wow. things. So I took all the elements of her core offerings with that and then developed that sort of like rotating tagline. Um, but there's another tagline we developed with her as well called, I think it was empowering, empowering the everyday wine drinker or like empowerment in every glass or something because she wanted her ideal clients to feel empowered in their wine selection. So there's a lot that goes into choosing a little tagline. And I find that to be the hardest thing because it's- Yeah, it's, it's very deep. Yeah. It was yeah. Like, oh, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, you're so well-spoken. Like, oh my gosh, I'm learning. Little, I have three pages of notes already. Um, so because you're just such a pro, like what the heck does your schedule look like? Like, are you super good at time management? How do you keep all these systems in place? Like, how are you doing all this? So bad. I could be like, I am the best at time management. I'm so balanced, but I would be freaking lying my face off if I said that to you. So some weeks I am like time management queen. I have my Google calendar all time blocked. I have time to work out. I have time to eat. I have time to play with my two-year-old. I have time to, you know, go out for lunch and I get all my work done. And then other weeks, like last week, I start working at six o'clock in the morning. I don't finish till 10 and I like don't sleep at all. So I have no secret to balancing time, but if I had to try, I time block my Google calendar. So I have different, like I make a different calendar. You know what I mean? On Google, how you can make a new one. I'll do that. So it's a different color. And I have all of my calls um, in one color, all of my like admin work in one color, all of my client work in one color. And I'll write out in my calendar, like, okay, you know, working on Alex sales page, working on Rhonda brand messaging, working on Wilda website. Like I'll put that in my actual calendar. So I schedule out time to do a specific task. And then I only take calls on Mondays and Tuesdays. So I know, okay, Monday and Tuesday, I'm going to be a little bit more, you know, extroverted, a little bit more 
all day. And then Wednesday through Friday, I'm like a workhorse. Like nobody's talking to me. I'm just drafting. It's just me in the Google doc. Um, so I tried that has really helped because before I would take calls, you know, whenever anybody wanted to have a call with me and I would never have a full like work day where I could just be drafting stuff and not. Yeah. Um, but it definitely helps to set a timer when I'm drafting. Okay, 25 minutes on, five minutes off, the Pomodoro method. I try really hard to do that. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I just don't. And I'm like, I'll just write until I don't feel like it anymore. Or I'm like creatively drained, which is something hard to explain as a writer. I can't just like sit here and be like, all right, I'm going to work on this from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Like my brain will be fried. Like I will fall asleep. Something (laughs) I won't be able to um, sustain that like creativity for long. And other times I will, other times I'll be sitting there and I'm like, it's been four hours and I could keep going. Um, but when you work with your husband sitting next to you, which you can see his lovely office right here, uh, in my garage office, my garage office where I work, um, you, and he like taps me on the shoulder and has to tell me something. It messes up the whole thing and it stops the creative flow. And I was writing a sentence and now it's gone. And I'm like, there's nothing as frustrating. I'm not sitting here doing spreadsheets. And it's, for me, it was hard to accept how draining the creativity of it is because I'd always worked in an office job where I could just like work, you know, eight to five and be done and it would be fine. But now I'm like, why am I so tired? Like, I really love what I do. And I feel like a lot of freelancers struggle with that. It's like, why am I burnt out? Why am I struggling to get this done? Why am I like, holding back on getting started on this like all of these all of these things that you do when you're overwhelmed and when you don't like what you do still are true when you love what you do like I absolutely love what I do and would never want to do anything else but I still sometimes I'm like do to do why can't I finish why am I so tired uh so that now we're talking about balancing as a freelance and not time anymore but <laughs> that's my speech yeah oh my god no I so relate to that um I well, I ask that because a lot of times when I ask this question, people are very like, oh yes, I have it all figured out perfectly. But for me, like I I try. Like I have, like you said, like I have my Google calendar. I really try. But I feel like a lot of times when you are showing up online, like it just flows better. And especially creative things, like it's intuition is so powerful. So like to use that like intuitive time and not such like a time blocks time actually really benefit you so I actually really relate to you in that so what is next for between the lines how can we get involved tell us all about it this is a big question so I'm actually launching a course of my own and you're the first person I'm like saying that out loud to that doesn't know know me in real life I'm very excited it's not going to be launched for a couple months right now I'm in the like creation phase I'm in the middle of trademarking the name and the branding process. And then from there, I'll have beta testers. So a couple of people test the course, give me feedback, write testimonials for me, and then I'll officially launch in a few months. I'm hoping for January, but I'm not putting any pressure on it because I want it to be absolutely perfect before I launch. Typical Capricorn energy, typical perfection energy going on here. But the course is going to be how to write your own website copy, but not just that. It's going to be how to actually get people to your website as well. So how to write your website copy and and blog, SEO, and email marketing with that. Because if you have a bomb website, like, great, I taught you how to do that. Then I throw you out into the world and don't tell you how to actually get people to that website. You're going to be struggling. <laughs> so yeah. 
wanted to add that extra component in there. And like I said, in the beginning of my business, I was really put off by that, you know, $5,000 sleazy course. And I was like, I'm never going to launch a course. I'm never going to pay for anything, blah, blah, blah. And then I wrote my first sales page for a course for a client. And I was like, oh, I love this. I absolutely love <laughs> sales pages for course creators and I take back everything that I said it was just that one guy and here I am launching my own as well so I'm working on that right now but that's my only that's my only that's a big plan that's my growth plan from here I'm still going to be taking on client work because I absolutely love doing that I'm still going to be you know releasing new free resources and posting free content as well because it's really important to me that I provide the free resources that I was able to have when I was starting out. So I never want that part of my business to go away. Um, so yeah, launching a course soon. Oh my gosh. I can't believe we heard it here first. I will absolutely link to everything. Yeah. Where can we find you? And I'll put it all in my show notes down below. On Instagram, I'm BTL copy. And then my website is between the lines, and what else is there? That's really it. Just Instagram and my website, Pinterest and BTL copy as well. My Pinterest is low key popping. I have a Pinterest manager and she absolutely kills it. So <laughs> Pinterest, not gonna lie. My Pinterest is BTL copy as well. And that's really it. I'm, I'm not one of those people that's on all these platforms because your girl can't do it. <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's perfect. So we know where to find you. It's easy, but yeah, thank you so much for all your support and for being willing to come on here and, and share with us and me. It was so fun. So fun. <laughs>